Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would do your work this morning as you speak your word to us. That we would hear your word and it would bear fruit in our lives all to your honor and glory. So we pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Please be seated. I just feel like the way to start this is let, let's get to work. This is, this is a, a more challenging topic, so we're just going to get right to it. So the same as last week as we go through over the next few weeks uh, recommitting ourselves to the membership commitments that we've made here at Holy Cross. I'm going to give you, just like last week, I'm going to give you an opportunity to recommit verbally to one of our membership commitments. Um, if you are a member, you've already done this, so I'm asking you to verbally recommit and do it again. If you're not a member and you're joining in today, you are more than welcome to participate and jump in uh, or just sit and listen. Either one is absolutely fine. And especially if you're joining in online, if you're connected with another church, uh, but you're tuning in with us today, I would encourage you to do this because these are not unique to Holy Cross. I would encourage you to do this verbally yourself. Just do it with your church in mind um, as a chance to recommit to um, things Jesus tells us to do. So with that, would you turn with me to page 8 in your bulletin, right at the bottom of the page. Last week we recommitted to serving in the ministry of the church, and today is about the unity of the church. So right at the bottom of page 8, I'm going to ask you the question and then invite you to say it together in unison. Will you protect the unity of Holy Cross Cathedral? Saying together... I will protect the unity of this church by acting in love toward other members, by refusing to gossip, and by following and supporting my leaders. Now there are quite a number of ways that we are called to live out this commitment. And today I want to focus in on one, the situation that Jesus specifically teaches, teaches us about in our gospel reading from Matthew 18 protecting the unity of the church, showing love for each other by dealing with conflict well. We show love for each other. We certainly refuse not to gossip. We uh, support our, our leaders in a number of ways. And one way that we do that is through godly reconciliation when conflict arises. One way that we fulfill this commitment is through godly reconciliation between members of the church. So look with me on the same page, page 8 at Matthew 18, read today. And what we're going to do is briefly look through this passage of what Jesus tells us as his followers to do, and then I'm going to share some personal stories to help put this into practice for us. So Matthew 18, beginning at verse 15, Jesus said, if your brother, and brother in this case is talking about a fellow member of the church, a fellow Christian, uh, whether male or female, if your brother sins against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Now immediately we notice here that this applies both to intentional and unintentional sins. Because the reality is sometimes a brother might not have realized he did something wrong. Now of course sometimes people do something hurtful and they know they did it and they need to own up to that and deal with that and ask for forgiveness. But the reality is we sometimes just do dumb stuff and we don't even realize we did it. We are so efficient at this that we can hurt one another without even knowing it. 
Sometimes we know we did something wrong. Sometimes we don't. But either way, as Christians, Jesus says that we need to be reconciled together. So, Jesus says, go and address it. Honestly seek to be reconciled with the other person. Don't just stuff it. Don't let it fester. Go and try to be reconciled to the other person. Just the two of you. Do not gossip about it to your friend. Do not go on Facebook and write about it, even if you don't use the person's name. Our Lord tells us to go directly to the person, just the two of you, and try to address it. That is hard. But that is what mature, godly Christians do. And that is what we commit to doing here at Holy Cross, going directly to the person and humbly and kindly trying to address it. I just want to, as a side note, make very clear something that's going to happen in your heart when this happens to you. You are going to be tempted to think, but so-and-so won't listen, so it's not worth trying. I'm telling you, you are going to feel tempted that the other person will not listen, so you're going to feel justified in your own heart for not even doing what Jesus tells you to do. And you're even going to feel like it's their fault, even though you didn't even do what you were supposed to. That's going to happen in your heart. And the reason I know that is because I'm a sinner like you, and that's what goes on in my heart. But we are called to be reconciled together. Don't let that temptation in. But sometimes, even going to somebody appropriately and humbly and kindly, even going to somebody like that isn't sufficient. Sometimes it doesn't work. We try, and it doesn't work. So Jesus says, in verse 16, take one or two other people along to help. This is not to gang up on the person. This is the call to honestly try to bring someone who can help. Because the goal is always reconciliation, restoration of relationships, not putting someone in their place. So we bring someone, if needed, along to try to help in the process. But sometimes even that doesn't work, and Jesus acknowledges. And so we may need help from church leadership. And even sometimes all of that doesn't work. And then at some point, as it says in verse 17, at some point, you're just going to have to let the person go knowing that you did everything you could. This is hard. It is so much easier to have arguments in your own mind in the shower and never actually address the hurt with the person. It is easier to go gossip about them to a friend who will tell you that you're right. Doing the work of reconciliation is hard. But the, this is what Jesus tells his followers to do. And this is what we commit to here at Holy Cross so that relationships can flourish and that Jesus' glory can shine. We commit to pursuing godly reconciliation among our members. And again, this, isn't, this shouldn't be unique to Holy Cross. This is what Jesus tells all Christians to do. But this is a place and a family that we commit to doing this well together. So now to make this personal, I'm gonna, I want to flesh this out a little bit of what this looks like. And I'm going to tell you three stories. Uh, each of them is from a time at previous church. Um, none of these is about anyone here or anyone who has ever been here. 
I wouldn't do that. But let me tell you three stories of how this can go well and, shall we say, not so well. But there was a man uh, at a previous church who was very upset about something, and it was one of those situations where the facts didn't matter anymore because he had let it fester for so long. Instead of addressing it, he let that fester, and then at that point, facts no longer mattered. And so he uh, was mixed up about some essential details, but as I said, when it goes on long enough, that, that ceases to actually be the problem. But he was upset, and he decided to express his anger by sending out an email and sending it to literally 50% of the church. He accused leaders of things that were false. He undermined me as a pastor. And it was very painful and untrue. Not that if it were true, it would have been okay, but it wasn't even true. And I will say that after the initial shock and the pain died down, I tried to call him. I called him that week. I called him the next week. I called him the next month, and then I tried one last time a few months later, and he never took my call, and he never called me back. Now, he was a former leader in the church, and instead of addressing his concerns in a godly way, he instead just sort of lobbed a grenade into the church and walked away. And I'll also tell you personally, it was was a very isolating time for me because other people who were close to him, people whose calls he did take, would, uh, would not be willing to have the hard conversation with him to try to address what he was doing to the church. One man uh, who sort of had ended up having to be involved, a senior warden at the time, came up to me at one point and said, I just don't understand how that guy could ever show his face around here again. To which I responded, and I said, it won't be easy, but it's actually very simple. It's called Reconciliation but he's got to be willing to work through it. And he wasn't. And he caused damage uh, that took quite a while to deal with and walked away. That's what can happen when we don't do what we're called to do as Christians. On the other hand, another situation, there was a different time when a man in the church was upset and concerned about something. And this man, I will tell you to this day, this man impressed me greatly with his willingness to do what Jesus tells us to do. He came and talked about it. So I cannot say that this was a pleasant conversation, but it was honest. And he was honest with me, and he let me be honest back with him. And I remember at the end of this emotionally hard conversation, where we sort of stood up and I stuck my hand out to shake his hand, and he looked at me, And he said, Michael, I love you. And he leaned in and gave me a big hug. Now, I will just tell you, in that moment, the last thing on earth I wanted to do was hug this guy at that moment. But that was his way of making clear that he was committed to me in Christ. And he wanted to be reconciled, even though at that moment we were both emotionally charged, to say the least. And to this day, I look back at his willingness to do the godly thing by coming to me even when it was extremely hard for both of us. I look back at that moment and I know that he preached the gospel to me in how he lived that out. He showed me a glimpse of God's love by loving me enough to seek to be reconciled with me. And I think very highly of him to this day 
for what he did for me. Third story, and this one relates specifically to our topic of our series together about membership in a church. So one of the requirements that I place on this congregation, people that want to join this church, one of the requirements that I place on everyone is that if you are a member of another local church, you need to talk with that leadership before becoming a member here. And I understand that sometimes it's appropriate and understandable for people to to leave one church and join another. That happens. I think it should happen a lot less often than it often does. But we understand that happens all... I mean, it's okay. But one of the things that I do is I require that if that's going to happen, that people talk to the previous leadership at their church before they come here. Because you have to leave well. So in a previous church, when that requirement was made clear to a couple that wanted to join the church. They'd been a part of our church for a while then and wanted to um, formally become members of the church. They heard what I said, and so they went back to talk to their previous pastor. And talking with their pastor brought up stuff that they had been carrying and had not been willing to address. And they actually began to experience healing and reconciliation, and they got helped to have important conversations as a result of, of going back to talk to the previous, their previous pastor. And they hadn't been in church for a couple weeks, so I just gave them a call just to check in on them, and they rather sheepishly said to me, well, Michael, after talking with our pastor, we've decided, uh, we've realized that we've been running away from some things, and we're actually going to go back to our old church. They thought I was going to be disappointed. Do you know what I said to them? How wonderful. I am so glad and I'm proud of you. And then I prayed with them. Because, see, this is never about getting as many people in our building or our seats as possible. See, this couple got to experience the gospel lived out, and I was thrilled. So I happily kicked them out with joy and said, go back to your church. This is wonderful. Because they began to be reconciled with some of the people that they were running away from. And that is so much more important than having a few more bodies in our church instead of another. But see, friends, the reason that we do this, the reason that we commit to this work of reconciliation as a church is always for the glory of Jesus. When we do this, when we seek reconciliation, we are actually living the gospel out together. We're enacting and displaying God's reconciling work when he became one of us, when he came to us who had sinned against him. And when we do this, we get to be like Jesus. And we declare to one another the incredible message of the gospel, of what God has done for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us to reconcile us to God. And when we do this hard work of reconciliation together with those who have caused us pain, we show the goodness of Jesus to one another. Now keep in mind that doing this work caused Jesus to suffer, so this is not going to be easy. But when we act like Jesus to one another, we preach the gospel to each other as we live out this kind of reconciliation that God has done for us. 
We live the gospel of Jesus as we put this into practice together. Now let me tell you, a church that lives this out will be immensely attractive. People will continually be pointed to the goodness of Jesus as we, his people, live this out in our life together. And so we do this all for the glory of Jesus, that many would understand the gospel and be pointed to his goodness to us. So I'm going to invite you once again to renew this commitment to protect the unity of the church. So once again, at the bottom of page 8, I'm going to ask you this question and invite you to recommit to living this out together. Will you protect the unity of Holy Cross Cathedral? I will protect the unity of this church by acting in love toward other members, by refusing to gossip, and by following and supporting my leaders. Amen.